Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for December. I thank you for this time of the year and uh, as we rapidly head towards the end of another calendar year and think about what the future might hold for each and every one of us, I just pray that we would find time for rest, that we would find time for focus, that we would find time for clarity, that we might even hear your small, still voice. And I just pray uh, that you'd bless this time together. Amen. Amen. So today's reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, and it says this, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate ate locusts and, and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. There's so much packed into this passage, but in the next 10 minutes or so, I really just want to cover three key concepts that that have really kind of spoken to me out of this at this time. The first concept is the concept of wilderness. The second concept is the concept of forgiveness and redemption. And the third concept is the concept of preparation. So firstly, just to touch on wilderness. So the words that we read here of the prophet Isaiah kind of paint this picture of a voice calling in the wilderness. And that's where we find John the Baptist. He's a wild, camel hair covered, locust and honey eating prophet. And he's calling people. He's calling people out of their homes, out of their towns, out of the cities, into the wilderness out of their comfortable lives and basically into the wild. And so the wilderness, at least my understanding of the wilderness, is this place where we are most clearly kind of made aware of our humanity. You know, everything is really kind of stripped away. The, The wilderness is this barren, often inhospitable environment where we very quickly kind of realize how vulnerable we are as human beings. In the wilderness, as I said, everything is kind of stripped away. There's no daily comforts and there's no bright lights and there's, heaven forbid, there's no internet and there's no Wi-Fi. We, we kind of face the elements and we face the wild animals. And in the wilderness, if we're not careful, we can kind of wander around aimlessly in circles, lost and afraid. In the wilderness, we're confronted with our own thoughts. There's not a lot of noise. There's not a lot of traffic in the wilderness. But I think we also experience profound beauty and we experience wonder and we experience the stars like we can never see them in the city and we experience the landscape and the sunrise and the sunset and uh, we experience raging storms and I think that we can begin to realize that all the stuff, all the, all the demands of modern life are not necessarily all that they're kind of cracked up to be except maybe for warm showers, right? We realize they're really good. They're really, really good. And so, 
uh, if you've read much of Scripture, you'll kind of realize that, that the wilderness experience really runs deep. It, uh, we, we read about how uh, Moses led the children of Israel through the desert to the promised land. We, we read how in Hosea, uh, God leads the people into the wilderness that he might uh, speak tenderly to them. Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry, uh, as we read that Paul is several years later. And so I was kind of pondering on this this week and thinking about, well, what about me? What of, what of me? What about the wilderness in my life? What of the wilderness in your life? Are we willing? Are we willing to kind of explore the rough and the wild terrain of our own being, of our own experiences? Are are we willing to be alone with our own thoughts? Are we willing to, to try and listen for the still small voice of God? Are we willing even for that voice to maybe penetrate the darkness and, and penetrate uh, the most desolate parts of ourselves and, and speak into that, to speak words of comfort, to speak words of forgiveness? So that's the wilderness. That brings me to my second concept, uh, forgiveness and redemption. I, th- I think... Wilderness is really important in the context of forgiveness and redemption because I think that unless we find ourselves in the wilderness, we, we are want to bring a, a very, uh, very individualistic, a very self-centered and, and often a very kind of consumer-driven view to our understanding of forgiveness, redemption and salvation. Uh, I don't know if you know this, it may or may not surprise you to know that there, there is actually no clear concept of, of individual personal salvation in the Jewish tradition. There was, there was no sinner's prayer uh, and there was no kind of altar call of, you know, close your eyes, yeah, I see that hand kind of deal going on. In the Jewish tradition, everything is in, everything is with, everything is for, and everything is through community, everything. And so when there was a call of repentance, it, it was a collective call and, and repentance required a communal response, a, a collective response. And so redemption and salvation was, was about entire families, it was about entire communities, it was about entire cities. And we, and we read this time and time again throughout scripture where we read about uh, the people of Israel and we read about the entire city of Nineveh and we read about uh, the, all the people of Jerusalem, we read about uh, the jailer's family. And so I, I think that we find the God of Scripture to be, to be far less a personal saviour and far more a collective one. In the Jewish tradition, the salvation of the individual is intrinsically connected to the salvation of the whole. And so salvation is about the restoration of community and, and about the restoration of all of humanity into relationship with God. It, it is this concept, you've probably heard this word before, this concept of shalom. Which, which means peace on kind of four levels. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with each other, and, and peace with all of creation. And so uh, there's this fancy word to describe the doctrine of salvation, and it's called soteriology. And you can go to Bible college and you can study it at length. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, but soteriology, or the doctrine of salvation, kind of just begs the question, what are we saved from? And what are we saved to? What do we say from and to? And I think in many ways, and hear my heart in this, in many ways, aspects of Christianity, depending on your tradition and depending on, on kind of your, your lived experience of church, 
have really kind of reduced concepts of, of redemption and salvation to this kind of get out of jail card. It, it kind of becomes minimized to that. It becomes this um, escape from eternal damnation. It, it becomes this, oh, I got a ticket to heaven kind of deal. But I think it's a lot richer than that. I think there's a lot more to it than that. Here's what I think. Here's what I find in Scripture, and, and this is kind of my experience. Salvation, for me, is almost nothing to do with eternal damnation, and it's almost nothing to do with being about a ticket to heaven. Salvation is about being saved from empire and to kingdom. It's about being saved from the authoritarian rule of power-hungry men to this upside-down kingdom of God. Salvation is being saved from a life of violence to a life of peace. Salvation is being saved from a life of addiction to a life of freedom. It's being saved from self-centeredness to community, from greed to generosity, from uh, judgment to mercy, from hate to forgiveness, from apathy and indifference to love, from, from complacency to action, from almost being less human to kind of being more human, and from being lost to being found. And so, had to, had to get that word in there. And so, I think that we're, we're not much, so much saved from ourselves, rather we are saved to we're saved who, to who we are created to be. We're saved to who we are purposed to be. And, and we're saved to that in the context of relationship and in the context of shalom. We're created to be in relationship and peace with God, with ourselves, with community and with creation. Which brings me to the third and final concept, preparation. So where do we read that the way of the Lord is prepared? It's not prepared in the beautiful temples and it's not pre prepared in, in the comfort of our homes and, and it's not prepared in the bustle of our workplaces and it's not prepared even from the platforms of our churches. What we read is that the way of the Lord is prepared in the wilderness. The way of the Lord is prepared in the margins. The way of the Lord is prepared in the unknown and the uncomfortable and the mysterious and the majestic That's where the way of the wilderness, that's where, sorry, the way of the Lord is prepared. It's not in the hustle and bustle of the cities. It's out where it's just kind of us and life. And that, I think that's why I really love this time of year. I love what we call Advent in the Christian calendar. It's, it's kind of a time to wrap up and it's a time to, to draw stuff to a close. It's a time to kind of consider some of the work or, or the journey of the year past. It's a time to pause for a minute, if we can, in the hustle and bustle of Christmas preparations. And, and it's really a time to prepare. It's a time to prepare for the season and the year that's ahead. And so my question to myself, and kind of, I guess, my question to you is, what has this year brought to your life? What has it brought for those around you? What do you need to draw to a close? What do you need to be thankful for? What, what do you need to be kind of mindful of? What are you preparing for next year? What is being stripped away? That's kind of the wilderness. What is being redeemed? And what is being added to your life? You know, Christmas is significantly, I think, more akin with wilderness than it is with kind of this sanitized, consumer-driven holiday that kind of surrounds us at times. And, you know, 
like the wilderness, the first Christmas, if you really kind of get into the story, it was messy. Gosh, it was messy. It was rough around the edges. It was so uncomfortable. It, it asked really difficult and challenging questions. It presented completely improbable concepts. It, it brought the best out in some people and it brought the absolute worst out in other people. It, it brought shepherds and wise men to their knees and, and it drove an emperor into this kind of maniacal genocidal rage. And so, you know, Christmas is very much about believing the word of an unwed mother. Christmas is about a family trying to find safety as refugees. Christmas is about finding shelter in a city where there's absolutely no room for you. Christmas is about a child being born into poverty and teaching the world what it truly means to love. Christmas is about God identifying himself with the fragile and the vulnerable and, and the marginalized. Christmas is about Emmanuel, about God with us. And this is a season that we find ourselves, a, a stripping away of being faced with our own humanity, a, a time of, of forgiveness and redemption and, and restoration of relationship, and a time of preparation, considering what's coming next. And so, my hope and my prayer for, for, for my family, for this community, for your families, for, for each of our lives, is that really however you take that journey, that, that you would encounter, that you would experience, that you would be almost even completely overwhelmed by the infinitely patient, the unceasing, the all-encompassing, the all-forgiving, the all-gracious, the all-redeeming love of the living God. That's my prayer. May it be so. Amen.